Horde of Notions is brought to you every week by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering cards, singles, and products. Check us out at FaceToFaceGames.com where you can pre-order Gate Crash singles, boxes, fat packs, and more. Good evening and welcome to episode 63 of Horde of Notions. I'm your host, Chris. With me tonight, just two of the regular hosts. First of all, it's Adina. Hello, everybody. I knew you were going to say that. And we have Travis. Roll Tide. Did you know I was going to say that? I, I actually did. Or did yeah. you just have it suspected? Well, I'm playing some sort of hand egg match tomorrow. They're playing the hand egg match tomorrow. The national championship. I see. Yay. <laughs> well, I hope they score a lot of points. I hope they score all of the points and their opponents score none of the points. And put the hand egg in the basket. The put problem with college football is that the national championship isn't necessarily, I mean, it's not like the playoffs and all the stuff, you know, like in the NFL. It's, it's just kind of, well, this, guy, this team's undefeated, this team's undefeated, this team's undefeated, and this team's undefeated, but since these are tough for conferences, then these guys will play for first and second, and these other guys, well, that's just too bad. Like, even if they were a way better team, they could totally beat the other team, because they're in a conference that's not as strong, they just don't get any credit for it. It's really frustrating. Unless you happen uh-huh. to be, you know, in one of the top-rated conferences, in which case you're always playing for number one, and it doesn't matter. I agree. I would love a better playoff system, but we have to work with what we have for at least okay. another year. All right. Uh, veto. Enough. <laughs> you brought it I was wondering how long he was going to let it go on. <laughs> no more sports ball talk. Enough. All right. Well, not with us tonight. Uh, he is washing his goldfish. Sure, that'll work. So it's a new year, and our resolution, we have just one, and it's to answer some reader emails, because we're not very good at that. Actually, um, in fact, we kind of suck at it. Hey, I've answered it. We're, we're really good at answering it when we actually answer it. Um, the problem is that a lot of times we have other stuff going on in the cast, and so we just run out of time before we get to listener email. So this week, what we've decided to do is we're going to start with the listener email. That way, we definitely get to it, and we don't run out of time, and we don't have to, you know, put it off until next week or the week after. Yeah, let's go with that. And it's not at all because we had nothing else to talk about. Well, we like our listeners, and we want them to keep sending us, you know, deck lists and ideas, and, and, you know, this is actually a fun thing for us to talk about. So This is true. So our first email is from Brian. And Brian said, there's a little backstory. He plays casual at his local shop, not F&M. And he, the, the deck he's playing runs into trouble with zombies and elves and some control decks. So that sounds like he's not actually winning much if he's running into aggro and control as trouble. 
and he wanted some sideboard options for those two matchups. And he says it's always funny when he tunes into a random podcast on MTG Cast and I'm on it. Uh, that never happens. I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, no, you're never on any other podcast. What's a podcast? Chris so, is like the, the guest extraordinaire on the podcasting network. Yeah, well, people ask me to go on, so I go on. You know, what am I supposed to do? Say no. You're the Abe Vigoda. The who? The Abe Vigoda. That sounds positively indecent. That whenever someone cancels on Letterman, they just go and get him and put him on. <laughs> Some of the listeners will get that joke. All right, so he's got uh, 62 cards in the main deck. Well, I see the problem right away. Uh, four Birds of Paradise, four Dungrove Elder, two Predatoroos, two Drove of Elves, three Primeval Titan, two Vigor. Then he's got three Green Sun Zenith, four Path to Exile, three Rancor, four Nature's Law, three Blanchwood Armor, four Oblivion Ring, four Garrick Primal Hunter, 13 Forest, four Sun Petal Grove, and three Temple Garden. Now, it wasn't exactly clear what format he was playing this in, and it's that typical sort of casual vintage format where nobody has power, so nobody plays power, but pretty much anything else goes. All right, so, Brian, the first thing I see here is that you're running 62 cards with only 20 lands, and no way... Nature's Law finds a forest, right? Uh, I'm trying to look up... I can't remember exactly what Drove of Elves is. I can't remember at all what Drove of Elves is. Uh, power and toughness each equal the number of green permanents you control, and you can't be targeted by spells or abilities. Exactly. Okay. That's not bad. And you're correct. Nature's Lord does search for a forest and put it onto the battlefield. It does not put it onto the battlefield tapped. It just puts it onto the battlefield. Okay, so that's quite good. Yeah. Hmm. Two. That's pretty good. All right, so we don't know what your budget is, but my first suggestion is going to be to take out some cards so that you can get some extra lands in here. I don't think with just Birds of Paradise, you have enough ramp to warrant running 20 lands. That might be why you're getting overrun by aggro and why control has time to beat you, because it's taking you too long to cast your key spells. Uh, Dungrevelda, Drovevels, Predatoroos are very, very good, and they're very hard to deal with. And of course, Primeval Titans, classic. Vigor, that's the one that puts plus one, plus one counters on stuff and prevents damage, right? Right. Makes okay. stuff very hard to kill, especially in combat. Yeah. I mean, the only thing really that... The Drove of Elves, I could see being something else. Was it, was it, it, for some reason, I think that's five to cast, am I right? It's four. Three and a green. Okay. I mean, um, with, with Rancor and Blanchwood armor... You're going to want cheaper casting stuff so that you can play those things on turn two, three, four, and make your creature bigger and attack at that point. If you're waiting yeah. to turn four, five, six to put that stuff out there, your opponents either got the answer for it or they're ready to, to rat the board. Sure, but it does have hexproof. And, I mean, he is does it does seem he's trying to make sure that nothing can get targeted, right? That's why he's running... The other stuff that's really good to put enchantments on. Um, Thrun, maybe? But, I mean, Dengrove Elder is, is also... I mean, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to take two cards that off the bat to get them down to 60. And then okay. after that, then we have to pull things that to put land in. So, so if we're looking at what to cut, I'm thinking the Drove of Elves is going to be a good thing to cut. All right. Drove of Elves could be cut. If you want to keep it to 62 cards for some reason... Troll Ascetic. Try that. There's only three to cast. It has hexproof. It regenerates. It's very hard to deal with. 
and it likes having enchantments put on it. A good deck for him to look at would be the uh, the modern deck that's getting a lot of publicity right now. It's doing pretty well. The um, enchantment deck, hexproof enchantment. It would give him a good idea of some of the cheaper hexproof creatures that he could build upon. Yeah, with stuff like Slippery Bogle and stuff. Right. Uh, it's green. It fits the deck. It does. Uh, now, in terms of how to beat aggro decks with green, um, just be faster than them or go bigger. I mean, Thrag Tusk is a possibility. You're in green and white, so Centaur Healer is also a possibility. Uh, depending on what kind of card pool he has available, something like Wall of Blossoms, he could Wall of Blossoms. Wall of Omens, if you can't find Wall of Blossoms, because you are splashing white. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is there? Wall of Roots. Wall of Roots would be good because it would stay as a permanent and also pump his mana. Overgrown Battlement. All of these are things that help you in two ways. Uh, against control decks, you want stuff that is hard to deal with. So that you have untargetable stuff, that should be fine. But uh, stuff that can't be counted, so like a Great Sable Stag or Thrun or something like that. I think Thrun would be really good in this deck. Mm-hmm. What about the green-white? Uh, can't be countered. When you, if you discard it, then it goes into play anyway. Loxodon Smiter? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Loxodon Smiter would be great. I mean, he's, he's got one in already. You know, that's a very efficient, very good creature. Given that he's playing the Green Sun Zenus, do you think uh, he should put a couple Dryad Arbor in? I'm not a fan of Dryad Arbor, actually. Um, I like it in decks that play things like Lotleth Troll, because discarding a Dryad Arbor to Lotleth Troll and then tapping your Deathrite Shaman to make mana is hilarious. But it's, it's, it's almost like an extra bird of paradise if you've got the Green Sun Zenith. Uh, sort of, except you can't... Well, yeah, okay, I see. But he, the thing is, it's terrible when you have a, an opening hand that has like Sun Petal Grove and Dryad Arbor and a couple of one-drops. Maybe just one, but just as an additional Green Sun Zenith target. Maybe. I mean, he could go, depending on what his matchup says, he's playing control, he could go first turn Green Sun Zenith, second turn Rancor the Dryad Arbor, Bastion for three on his one drop. Also, where you're playing Primeval Titan, I think I would try and put up just a Gavney Township in here. That would be an excellent idea. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's uncounterable and it makes your dudes huge, and Primeval Titan is not against fetching it for you whatsoever. You're like, yo, bro, I heard you likes the Gavney Townships. I got your ass. And maybe you even the B2 Gazi. The city tree? Yeah. The devil, you say? <laughs> I think you could easily drop one Garrick Primal Hunter and one Oblivion Ring uh, to make room for a couple of extra lands. The problem with having four Garricks is that you're very often going to get stuck with a couple in hand. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're just Definitely pumping out any- three threes every turn with him, you're not going to... I mean, he's going to stay in play. Mm. With some of the Planeswalkers, if you're, you're, you plan to use them in a way that they disappear so that you can play another one. Garruk's not one of those, usually. No. I mean, even if you do minus six, and chances are you've gone past six. I did minus six in once, and then my opponent untapped and played a Detention Sphere. I was not happy. <laughs> do you think three Rancor is right, or do you think you should have another Rancor? I think three's fine. I agree. I mean, you are, you are digging through the deck with a, with a few of your spells, so... I don't have a problem with three. It's one of those uh, decks where you wouldn't might necessarily not want multiple Rancors in your opening hand or early hand, because he's, he's really looking to accelerate to three mana quickly, drop his, his Dungrove Elder. Yeah. Or Predator Ooze. 
So having a bunch of Rancors early really doesn't help. Yeah, there's not as many creatures here to to target with them, you know, because there are a lot of enchantments and things. Mm-hmm. All right, what else have we got? Let's move on to this deck from AJ. Adina, you want to read this deck list? Sure. Um, he said he has a deck idea that he would love to try for the new modern FNMs this year. Um, but he's not sure how viable it is, and he doesn't want to start building it if it's going to be awful. So, here's his idea. Three, Marlin of the Mornsong. Three, Sun Titan. Two, Vendillion Click. Three, Phantasmal Image. Three, Mind Lock Orb. Three, Telling Time. Three, Worldly Council. Four, Isochron Scepter. Two, Terminate. Two, Dreadbore. Three, Jace Architect of Thought. Two, Syncopate. Three, Dissipate. Four, Watery Grave. Four, Hollowed Fountain. Four, Godless Shrine. Four, Cavern of Souls. Four, Mutable. And four, Moth Nexus. And he says he doesn't have a sideboard yet, but he's pretty sure he wants to put in some guys of St. Traft. Um, and the idea for the deck is to lock with the Orb and Marlin as fast as possible, then use a Scepter Telling Time or Worldly Council with Jace to help him draw and keep his opponent from doing anything. With Sun Titan, he can bring back Marlin if she dies, um, images and clicks, as well as scepters. Mm-hmm. So he said he wants to make sure that it works how he thinks it does, and if it'll be worth it in a modern metagame. This is not something I have thought about. Um, I thought about it back when Monlock Orb was first came out. Um, the big so thing I see here is he, he doesn't really have any way to stabilize I mean, he's running two Terminate and two Dreadbore as his removal. His counterspells don't can't take effect till turn three, so something like, say, uh, Affinity or even a Jun, he's going to have a lot of problems with because he can't really interact until ter- third turn at the best. If he's mm. really going to want to run this combo, he's probably going to want some kind of sweeper. Okay, so let's start with the combo for those of us who don't have all those cards memorized. And what, what exactly is the combo and what is the lock that he's talking about? So, Marilyn of the Morn Song says, players can't draw cards, and at the beginning of each player's draw step, I think? Yes. Uh, they, lose, they lose three life, and search their library for a card, and put it into their hand. And Mindlark Orb says, you can't search libraries. Now, Marilyn of the Morn Song is a 2-3 for Black Black 1, so Sun Titan will bring her back. Hmm... The thing is, Sun Titan also costs six mana, and if you ever get to six mana in modern, you're probably already winning. Basically, what's happening with this is that at the beginning of the draw step, they lose the three life, but then they can't search for a card, so nobody ever gets to draw. So the only way to draw is if you have some other thing that would make you draw other than your regular draw step. No. You can't draw cards, period. So you need stuff oh, like yeah, Worldly Council and Chase. That looks at the library, that, not draw. That, yeah, and, and put cards into your hand instead of making, like, making you draw cards. I mean, you also, can actually put a lot of thought into this deck. I mean, he's, like, for example, with his mana base, he's made sure he doesn't have fetches so that um, the uh, Maryland ha- will turn those off. So, I mean, he's got a, a good, strong basis for the deck. The, yeah. the big thing I would caution him about is getting to know his meta. I mean, this would be fine for a first Friday Night Magic so you can see what other people are playing. If you see lots of aggro or things, you're going to have to change your deck to adapt to that. Um, Mindlock Orb and Maryland is a combo that can work. It's just that 
it's going to be dependent. I mean, if you're going there and there's nothing but aggro, it's probably not going to be good enough because they're just going to have a board presence before you do. Not to mention, like, Vendillion click with mine, like, with uh, Marilyn seems really disgusting. Because you're just stripping their hand and they can't draw a card. Or Mindlock and work with something like um, he might want to put some Ghost Quarters on the side. Ghost Quarters. Uh, you yeah. could also, like, if you're running Isochron Scepter, I think I'd almost want something like maybe a Stupor. No, Stupor's three, and it only gets instants. Maybe Funeral Charm. Putting a Funeral Charm on Isochron Scepter lets you make them discard every turn as well. Oh, what's the creature that makes you pay to search libraries? The two-drop, the hate Leon and Arbiter. Yeah, he may want to put that in there. It's an earlier version of Mindlock. Because that would let him start it on turn three instead of turn four. Yeah, and that also softs over, or even uh, even mind sensor. Because mm-hmm. even mind sensor, well, I mean that doesn't really work as well with Marilyn, because they they still get to look at the top four or pay two to search their library, right? Right. Well, I mean the the uh, Lin and Arbiter may be fine just as because to hold over until you get to the Mindlock Orb. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a two-two split. Also, I see that he's running Terminate. I don't see any red mana sources. That is true. And Dreadbore. All right, so they need to come out. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm thinking that he's just planning on, on putting those on the Isochron Scepter and then paying two colorless to... You can't put Dreadbore on there. You can put on there, but Terminate you can. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you've got Path to Exile in white. You've yeah, because Cavern of Souls isn't gonna isn't gonna cast red mana. I, I don't see any yeah. any red mana source at all here. I don't think we need Inkmoth Nexus either, or Mutable um, actually. I, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of looking at this and Cavern of Souls. What? Uh, I guess that's just so that Marilyn does. Well, you can name Wizard. I mean, uh, Mar- Marilyn and Cleek are both wizards. Okay. I mean, I guess his plan is once he stabilizes with Mindlock, Orb, and Marilyn, he can beat with his creature lands for the speed of the clock. I mean, sure, but I think I'd rather have the like, I mean, Creeping Tarpit. Yeah. Yeah, Creeping Tarpit would be better. It's unblockable, and it it does help you cast your spells, even a Celestial Colonnade, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Terminate and Dreadborn need to come out. Probably Path to Exile, I think, is better there. Especially uh, if it searches with Mindlock yeah. Orb, you can lock them. I mean, it's just a straight up removal. Yeah. yeah, and in the board you want Stony Silence for sure, Rule of Law for sure. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you'll want something like Parasaline or something to remove the enchantments because that uh, enchantment deck is pretty brutal. Uh, yeah. The Bogle deck That's is mind boggling. It's mind boggling. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this is this provides me a good opportunity to go off on a bit of a tangent, and I do like this deck, by the way, AJ. I, I think I think it could be fun. I do worry that you need to have a little more time than you're going to have, but certainly give it a try. Let us know how it runs. Yeah, he makes... Um, just reading this makes me want to play Mindlock Orb with Path to Exile and Ghost Quarter and other similar effects. I mean, it could be a good... Yeah, do you think Syncopate is the right choice here? Or do you think he should have a different type of counter in there? Because the, the thing about Syncopate is that you, you can't imprint... I mean, you can imprint it, but it's not going to do you any good imprinted on the Scepter, whereas if he had some other counter spell instead of Syncopate, it would huh. be more uh-huh. synergistic with the... Ice. Mem- memory Lapse? On Scepter? How's, how's Memory Lapse strike you? 
Remand would be great because he can't draw. They can't look draw. That up. Yeah. Or, no, remand wouldn't be any good because you don't get to draw. Don't get draw. Never mind. None mode. But me- memory lapse puts oh, the spell right, back on top, top of the library. Oh, right. Puts it back on top of his library where you can't get it. That's nice. Yeah. That that seems like a really good nasty thing to do with Marlin in his life. Sure. And you could also put, put uh, lapse of certainty in there, which you can't imprint on the scepter because it's three. But it does the same thing as memory lapse. So you go three, memory lapse, two, lapse of certainty. Oh, man. All right, can I build this deck, please? <laughs> this seems hilarious. Tell you, man, ghost quarters, but win. Yeah, ghost quarters. Yeah. And uh, creeping tar pits. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be under something here. So I actually played a modern FNM this week. Oh, sweet. Ooh. I played uh, Blue White Fairies because I wanted to miss buying click people. And it, the deck was actually a lot of fun to play. Uh, it didn't succeed very well. Uh, first round, I ended up against... Uh, what did I play first round? Oh, Valakut. Not Scapeshift. Well, yeah, I did have Scapeshift, but not Prismatic Omen Valakut. And not... Uh, just scapeshift, blue, Valica. Just straight up, old Primeval standard, Titan. Primeval Titan, Inferno Titan, kill you, Valica. So I, I win game sh- one, because apparently it's, uh, it's very difficult for Valica to win when you are casting Mistbind Click, and then you're casting Fairy Imposter and bouncing Mistbind Click. And then you're casting Restoration Angel and blinking Mistbind Click. And then you're casting another Mistbind Click, championing the first one, bringing back Fairy Imposter, bouncing the Mistbind Click, releasing the second one. Uh, anyway, I won that game, but I lost the next two because I couldn't deal with the Valakuts. I couldn't find my tech edges or my spreading seeds that I sighted in. Torpor Orb. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't have that in the ball because I wasn't expecting to play against Primeval Titan. Uh, I lost to... I beat a guy who was playing Naya good stuff with the Ghazi Glare combo in it because I Which just kept tapping his lands down. Ghazi Glare. You know, V2 Ghazi Yeah, I mean, what's the combo? Well, that's, that is the combo. Oh, just make V2. dudes and tap stuff? Yeah. yeah. That was a deck for a while. Yeah, I know. That's what I won states with. <laughs> it's just I, did, I didn't really think of it as a combo. Well, okay, but it's 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 a deck anyway. So I beat that. Uh, then I played against. Uh, what was the next deck I played? I know I played against blue, red, white, blue Delver, and that did not go well. Like it was a close game, but I lost. And in the last round. I don't remember. Anyway, it was fun times. We had a decent turnout. I think we had like 15 people. Which, considering we've been struggling to get Modern Sanctioned, was pretty good for the, for the first time out. And there were some who couldn't make it. So, yeah, it was enjoyable. The deck has potential. I think I got some bad matchups. I was hoping to play against Storm because there's just no way I can lose against Storm. Especially when I bring in the Thalias out of the board. But I never got to play that. I never got to play against Tron, because I also don't lose against Tron. Why don't you lose but against yeah. Tron? I have Ugin. Fetch my Emrakul. Go. All right. Draw. Untap. Go. In your upkeep. Click you. Tap down your lands. 
See, all this is contingent upon you drawing a click. I have four in the deck. Yeah, but I still don't guarantee you'll draw one. How much card draw do you have? have? I have Remand. I have Vendillion clicks of my own. Uh, What else am I running in there? I think that's pretty much it. You know, Bribery Modern really rip you to shreds, wouldn't it? What would? It's Marlin deck. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. It, it, it's well, some serious trouble. No more than any other deck would be. Uh, Torfer Orb really rips me to shreds. Yeah. So, I'd like so to with the Marlin, what, what, uh, I'm wondering what he's got on here to counteract the effect of losing three life every turn. How is he going to outrace his opponent? Especially, you know, since it, it's you know, turn three before he gets his combo online. So if his opponent deals some damage to him first, then getting that that lock on there isn't really going to help. It's going to, you know, be a detriment to him. Uh, So I'm thinking maybe Vault of the Archangel might be a really good thing to put in this deck. Possibly. Um, Yeah, something to gain him some life. You know, yeah. in addition to, well, I mean, rock doing, you know, what he needs. Sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we like Rock Space Mender, but you know, Rock Space Mender is obviously better with anything else that's got life link and or gaining life, which there just isn't any life gain in this pack at all. Ooh, ooh Death Grasp. Is. Hmm. is Death Grasp in modern? It's not, is it? Pulse of the field. Look. Stop that. Yeah, that was an awesome once upon a time. Yeah. It might actually be okay here. No, Death Grasp was only an apocalypse, unfortunately. Nope. Not legal. Alright, let's move on to the next deck. Sure. Alright, and this is from Andrew McGreeny. And he wants to make Tron... Casting Epic Experiment for Lots. For World Travis, you want to read through this for me? Okay. So I want to enlist these great minds to help me build a hilarious modern FNM deck. You might have seen this before. At Tron Shell, aiming to cast Epic Experiment in order to hit a World Fire plus other fun stuff. My current build is blue-red and doesn't really capitalize on getting decent hits on the Engineered Explosive. Chris has suggested... Epic Experiment. Epic Experiment. (laughs) Sorry, so used to that anagram. Chris has suggested making it rug, replacing the maps and jank with uh, Explore and Soul and Scrying. This is likely never going to be a tournament deck, but that doesn't mean we can design something hilarious and awesome for FNM's tables. He suggests uh, one Sulphur Falls, four Scalding Tarn, four Expedition Map, one Relic of Progenitus, four Epic Experiment, three Goblin Electromancer, two Is It Signet, one Steam Vents, four Remand, four Grape Shot, three Worldfire, four Gifts Ungiven, four Thirst for Knowledge, one Boseju, who shelters all, two Island, one Mountain, two Shivan Reef, uh, four Vicha the Tron Lands, two Lightning Bolt, and one Electrolyze. He also has a sideboard for us with a Torpor Orb, a Worm Coil Engine, a Combust, two Dispel, two Mind Break Trap, two Relic of Progenitus, two Ancient Grudge, two Pithing Needle, two Pyroclasm. Uh, and Travis, you wanted to turn it rug as well, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. I tried Silver to focus Scrying. more on the. Uh, he he has a lot of 
um, non-spell permanents, like the Relic Progenitus, the Electromancers, and things that really don't help um, at the experiment. So I tried yeah. to go with a much more spell-focused. Yeah, the problem with your version yeah. is that, like, apart from Rift Bolt, like, your version was four Silver Scrying, four Explore, four Manamorphose, four Epic Experiment, four Serum Visions, four Rift Bolt, three Early Harvest, three Fire Spout, two Wildfire, three Grape Shot, Tron Lands, Misty Rainforest, Steam Vents, Breeding Pool, and a Forest. Most of your uh, stuff, like, you need something to hit after the Wildfire that's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And apart from Grape Shot and Rift Bolt, you don't really have anything. <clears throat> so why Rift Bolt instead of Lightning Bolt? Because you can suspend it for one minute and then cast a big experiment. Okay, so I see. Yeah. That way, so then, you don't have to rely on hitting it off the epic experiment. If you have both, and say you could suspend it, cast the epic experiment, knowing that if they can't do something on their first turn, they die. Does early harvest untap all lands or just basics? Uh, basics. I will actually maybe go look. Yeah, it's all basic lands, so that's probably not what we want here. Take out the steam pits and breeding pools. Put in basics. Well, even then, like, don't we want something that's going to untap all of our lands? Period. Uh, let me just see here. I'm trying to think of what the um, entwined spell is. Root Awakening? Root Awakening is a spell, yeah. <laughs> and a, I think entwine is an additional cost and not an alternative cost? Yes. Yes. Alright, so you could hit Root Awakening off the epic experiment and pay the entwine to get both. And then just beat in with all your lands. That is a thing that you could do. I think the big thing with the version that I was working with in response was I wanted something that you didn't have to swing fences. An experiment before would let you sort of give you something to build off of. I mean, you could hit explore and someone scrying and things off of an experiment before, and it would leave you in a good position to possibly go off again the next turn. Sort of like the way. Um, the Genesis Wave deck, easy Yeah. I also think we want to put Boseju back in here. I could see it. Just so that it doesn't get uh, countered, yeah. right? There's not a lot of counter in play to modern. But, no, I mean, but you, would, you may want one in the side, if nothing else, for those decks. For sure. The deck looks like a great deal of fun. It, it built this way. Uh... I think there's room to tinker with it a bit. Because I think if we're doing Tron and Root Awakening, there's got to be another way we can be- we can win with that, except for Epic Experiment. Banefire, even, seems fine. That uh, has Flashback. The Burn Spell with Flashback. Devil's Play? Devil's Play. That would work. Would work, because you could hit it off the Epic Experiment, cast it for zero, and then flash it back. <coughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, anything that has an X spell that we can pump all this extra mana, you know, on the off chance that we don't draw the epic experiment, you know, where the world fires in our hand instead of, you know, where the epic experiment's going to hit it. Well, we do have two world fire. Winning with world fire is just hilarious, isn't it? Hmm. It's its 
I mean, that's, that's kind of the whole point of, like, you know, the epic experiment Worldfire is that you have a bunch of spells exiled, you put Worldfire so that that resolves, and then after that resolves, you still have, you know, some other spell that you can play that's going to deal direct damage. Worldfire is what, 10? Say that again, Travis. Worldfire is what, 10 mana? 9. It's worth a look. It seems like fun at any rate. Yes, it, it's definitely fun. I've built a version of it on uh, online to play with. I think. No, I've built another one. Never mind. That's a different deck me and Andrew were talking about that I have online. Training Grounds yeah. and Is It Guild Mage. Lots of fun. Why? Like, <laughs> God. Because then with Metamorphose, you can make infinite mana. And draw your deck. Well, no, it's not infinite mana. Because Metamorphose still costs two. And it's two to activate the Guild Mage with Training Grounds in play. One second. No, Training Grounds means it's one to activate the Guild Mage. It doesn't reduce colored mana, so it's still red-blue. To play it, but the activated ability of the Guild Mage is two in a color. Two in a blue, copy target instant. Oh, right, is it Guild Mage, right, not Niv- not uh, Nivix Guild right. Mage. Right, so yeah. you get those two in play, you play Mana Morphos, well, I'll draw my deck with infinite mana and Banefire <laughs> you to death. It's a lot of fun. Yes, I also was thinking of the new Guild Mage, not... The original Ravnica. It's a turn Guild three Mage. win with a perfect draw. <laughs> yeah. Perfect draw, though. Oh, you know what you could do? You could go turn one Blister Coil weird. And then... Oh, no, that doesn't matter, because you're copying. You're not casting the copy. Never right. mind. Ignore me. Come on, Chris. Although, kill I have the, been working no, on a, a modern deck that I used to play that uh, can kill on turn one. Oh, yeah? Yes. How does this go? Um, it goes Simeon Spirit Guide, Simeon Spirit Guide, Land, or another Simeon Spirit Guide. Uh, <laughs> Seething Song, Through the Breach, Protean Hulk. In the turn, you sacrifice Protean Hulk, and you go get four Dryad Arbor, four Hedron Crab, and a Sakura Tribe Elder, and mill them for 60. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Wait, can't you get two secure tribe elder? Nope, just one. I thought it was total power of six. No, total cost of six. So okay. the four hedron crabs are four, and the secure tribe elder is two. <laughs> just still, it's exactly 60 cards. You don't have to mill them for 60 unless they're playing some weird deck that runs like 67 cards, but voila, turn one win. Unless they're playing Tron. Right, Tron is like a, a much more difficult match. You side in things for Tron. <laughs> but it's really fun against uh, the the blue red combo decks because they're not that fast. <laughs> the deck average is a turn three or four win. This is I, I can't believe I'm actually sitting here and listening to this. I read an article about it two or three years ago for uh, Gathering Magic. Huh? They weren't even high on me. It just goes to show you how low the KYT standards are. We love you, KYT. Well, Travis does. <laughs> I don't want to go back in the cage. Yeah, Justin Richardson is still in there. All right, let's move on to our next deck, and this is from Freddie. And Freddie says he's got a lot of catching up to do because he loves our show and he's a new listener. Duh. So he's an, he's an old-time player that's just coming back into the game. And he wants to build a red-black deck because his current mono-red deck is not winning F&M. 
And this is his first effort. So, for Appetite for Brains, for Dreadball, for Duress, three Mizium Mortars, three Rakdos' Return, four Slaughter Games, four Blood Crypt, four Dragon Skull Summit, three Mountain, four Rakdos, Guildgate, seven Swamp, four Drainpipe Vermin, four Knights of Infamy, four Ravenous Rats, four Shimmy Inspector. You know, Freddy really does not like for his opponents to have cards in their hands. <laughs> no, it certainly looks that way. Um, ooh. My, my, first thought with this, my first thought with this is, is he's got so much discard in there. Isn't there some way that he can capitalize on that and, you know, somehow make it more powerful when, you know, something that triggers off discard or something that, you know, is going to hurt his opponent more? Shrieking Affliction. That's right, Shaman. Shrieking Affliction. <laughs> um, He's got eight main deck discard spells. Four Duress and Rap- no, 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 no. Brains. He's and got three Rakdos' Return, and four Ravenous Rats, and four Shimmy Inspector, and four Drainpipe Varen. I was getting there, Chris. Good gracious. <laughs> four Appetite for Brains, and four Duress to start with, I would say is definitely going to yeah. play, most likely. And it's going to be a discard spell, but... Um, I tried Appetite for Brains earlier in the standard season, and I really didn't like it because there are too many decks that have the majority of their, of their draws are three or less that are going to beat you. Mm. And it doesn't hit Sphinx's Revelation. If it hits Sphinx's Revelation, I, I could possibly forgive it. Yeah, Duress does, of course. But. So I would probably either cut all of the Appetite for Brains and... Um, with the theme he's going for, maybe leave the duress, but I would. Uh, there's no way I would leave both for both. Yeah, yeah. Maybe go with uh, a couple of Olivia, and maybe some Rakdos key runes, just to give you a bit more offensive punch. Because right now you're relying on Rakdos's return and a bunch of two power dudes to win the game, which is kind of a fragile thing. Also, if you want to play Drainpipe Vermin and Ravenous Rats, I don't see how you don't play Pack Rat. Yeah. yeah. Yep. This That's would be the constructed deck that would need Packrat. Packrat is just... It, it, it's If it's that powerful and limited, it has to be powerful somehow in Standard. Well, the big thing that kills it in Standard is the Tension Sphere. Sure. But chances are you're going to make them discard that, so... Yeah, but I mean, the I other thing is, in a deck like this, in a deck like this... All, I mean, the, the whole reason why the detention sphere is just so crippling is because with rat with pack rat, typically that's your only rat, and you're just making more and more pack rats. And if you have a different rat, instead of playing it, you're discarding its pack rat to make more pack rats. Whereas it gets bigger based on all the rats. So a deck like this that's got a bunch of other rats, even if they get rid of the pack rat, you've still got these other rats that are in play, you know. Yeah, but they're all one ones. Tribal rats. Yeah, I don't think we, we, what we need to do is we need to make this into a modern deck so we can put on um, Ink Eyes. No. <laughs> That's a five mana card. Just no. First of all, it's a rat. Second of all, all these cards that you're making them draw, Ink Eyes can get them for you and put them under your control. So it just seems good. Plus, you know, surprise! You didn't block the rat because you didn't want it to die because you didn't want to disc. Guess what? Honestly, hitting you. So yeah. Never make that noise again. 
Well, I've got an awesome just, name for this deck. You know, back in the day, that was, you know, this really cool card that I liked because I started playing during Kamigawa block. So a lot of people were not excited by Kamigawa, but I'm kind of excited by Kamigawa because that was you know, the first cards that I ever got to see that were brand new. Actually, everything's brand new, but, you know, those were the first ones that were published after so what, what were you saying, Travis? This is a discard rat deck, so he's got to call it Drats. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we we wanted to a couple of more offensive threats in here. We wanted to drop a couple of the... Not only that, but he's using Mizium Mortars really as a sweeper in this. And if yeah. you were to run the uh, Rakdos Kirin the way you suggested, that would get him closer to being able to cast that at a more reasonable turn. Yeah, for sure. And also, if we can drop maybe one of the Slaughter games, and maybe, like, a, a Shimmy Inspector as well, because I'm not that... F- like, Shimmy Inspector is only good if the hand is going to have cards in it. Right. And, and with the, with more this, than likely... The way it is, yeah, by the time that thing attacks, they shouldn't have cards. Right. So, you probably want to drop those. Uh, that's where you can get your Shrieking Afflictions from, maybe. That might help you... Uh, win the game a little faster, because that's going to deal them a lot of damage in this deck. So try that out. See how that works for you. Megram's not, not still standard legal, is it? Unfortunately not. That would be good for him. Now, Travis, I have a feeling you're going to love the next deck, so I'm going to get you to read this one. Uh, the one from Matt? Yeah. This one is from Matt Latham. I've got an unholy fascination with cackling counterpart. Don't we all? Hells yeah. <laughs> Can I make a noise? Yes, you can. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I've been trying to find good decks for it ever since rotation. I have a blue-white detained deck I tend to favor it in. But I keep coming back to repetitive, repetitive under-the-breath comment that gets made on Horde of Notions. Populate cackling thrag tusk tokens. I've been having a bit of luck around the kitchen table with a brew oh, that looks oh, oh, oh. like this. I've never been to FNM before, just getting back into the game to teach my former playgroup's 11-year-old daughters. I started back in Unlimited, but I may give it a go in the coming weeks with this. Oh. Four Rocks Faithmender. Sold. <laughs> Three V2 Gazi Guild Mage. You had me at the first card. Yeah, really, I mean, copies of that. Four Thrag Tusk. Yep. Three, four Centaur Healer. Yep. Three Restoration Angel. Yep. Two Tristani. Yep. Three Cackling Counterpart. Hell yep. Three Selesnia's Charm. Meh. Three Azoria's Charm. Okay. Three Sphinx's Revelation. <laughs> four Farseek. Yep. Four Temple Garden, four Hollowed Fountain, four Sunpetal Grove, four Glacial Fortress, four Forest, two Allen's two Plains. Mm. All right, let's start with my main worry here. It's a very top-heavy deck. Well, my main worry is Cackling Counterpart... And Sphinx's Revelation are both double blue. And they're the only blue cards really in the deck, except for Azuria's Charm. So, my suggestion is drop Selesnia Charm and add... Ghosty Hands. No. Aww. I like Ghosty Hands, but... This deck has... I mean, what does it cast before turn three? Farseek is only two drop, really? I mean, you could do one of the charms, but then you're not really getting optimal value out of them. Guild Mage. Ah, uh, yeah, get my I guess. But I mean, it's got really the only thing that's going to remove that it's almost only removal in this. 
I don't think you really care much about removal since your life total is going to be somewhere around 700. So... <laughs> what? <laughs> should be. But I mean, okay, but I can see that. It's not enough to be at 700 life. You have to have a way to kill your opponent. Well, if he can get Tristani to survive, he's got a, a fairly good chance. He's Because yeah. he's going to have tokens. Yeah, and then you can just start swinging with the tokens. Probably needs at least one Gavany Township. Pro tip, do not populate copies, or do not make copies of Trustani with Cackling Counterpart. <laughs> that just seems like a bad idea. Do, do however, make that. lots of Rocks Faithmender. Yes, do that. See, this I, this would be a good achievement unlock deck for you, Chris. How many Rocks Faithmenders could you get into play at once? <laughs> I've had all four into play at once, but can you go beyond four? Hmm, I, I think that might be something I'm going to have to try in an Esper deck with Evil Twin and Clone. You have a seven rock Mender in play, and a Trishani. Stop. You... No. <laughs> and then you cast Restoration Angel. <laughs> Let's see, four doubled to eight. Oh, no, 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 was it 512? You give him 512 life off that? Does Disciple of Bolus draw you cards equal to the power or toughness? Toughness, I think. Because casting Disciple of Bolus and sacrificing one of my seven Rocks Faith Menders to draw five cards and gain all of the lives might be okay. I'm telling you, I mean, what's the most life? That, that would be good. What are the achievements? Yeah. Gain a thousand life. <laughs> No, I've but already done Disciple triple digits. Disciple of Bolus' power, though, guys. No, it's not Disciple of Bolus' power. It's power equal to... It's the power of the sacrifice Game creature. X life and X cards where X is that creature's power. Okay, sacrifice yeah. the Tusk, then. Yeah. Draw five, gain. And get a beast. Oh, jeez. The only problem is Disciple of Bolus is uh, five. Or it's Four. black. Four, but it's... Yeah, I'm probably going to play uh, Esper when I do this, so I okay. can play Grizzlebrand. Oh, because this deck isn't actually a Esper deck right now. This is hilarious, though. So it's a deck, right? I, I'm, yeah, I'm this is... Okay, yeah. Hey, I'm loading up uh, Magic Online right now so I can try a Cackling Counterpart in my Rock's Faith Miner deck. I want to <laughs> see how many Faith Miners I can get at once. <laughs> so yeah, he's already okay. talked about adding a Gavany Township. Yes. Uh, if you're running green-white and you have more than, say, six creatures, you need Gavany Township. If you yeah. can at all swing it. With a far stick, I think you can swing it. Yeah, for sure. I think it's so. almost always going to be right to add Gavany Township into any deck that has green-white in it. And creatures. Hey, Chris, imagine casting Sphinx's Revelation for, I don't know, say five with 12 Rocks Faith when you're in play. Oh, God. <laughs> Stop. Even attacking for one at that point yeah. just becomes hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. You imagine doing that against Mono Red, and they just go, well, <laughs> GG. That was good. <laughs> oh, man, can we have right of replication back in standard? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um,. Yeah, I think you need to look at... Like, you said the mana in this deck is pretty smooth, even with the double blue on Counterpart and Sphinx's Revelation, so I guess we'll take your word for it. Uh, I don't... 
Hmm. I like I his Zuri's charm, charm but um, if he's running blue anyway, we'll, I would like maybe Dissension Sphere. Yeah, over what? Over the Azorius Charm. Uh, the Azorius Charm does give you lifelink in a pinch. So I'm a math question for you. He said he's gained 16 life off the Thrag fairly often. How is that Trustani and Rock's Faith Mender. Because Trostani gains you life equal to the toughness, so you gain three. Uh, Tractus uh, gets you five, and then they double to ten and six. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Because it's because I'm taking power, and I'm I'm trying to add up in my head, and I'm going that would be twenty, not sixteen. Okay, so now I understand. It's even more fun when you blink it with the Restoration Angel. Well, yeah. Uh, then you then actually you get, gain thirty. Then, yeah, because then you get from the Restoration Angel, and you get from the Tractus. And the Beast. Grossness is gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not really much else we can say about this. Um, you've only got two ways to populate in the deck. And Trostani actually reads, target player discards a removal spell. I mean, really, only black decks can take care of her. With, with Ultimate Price doesn't get her. No, but uh, Supreme Verdict does. Yeah, so does Dreadbore. And Detention so, Well, yeah, but they get everything. So your hardest part, the hardest part is going to be keeping your proliferate, no, your populate engines on the table. I mean, he should absolutely crush the uh, black-red decks, the red decks. Well, black-red, he may have a problem with um, Falconrath Aristocrat. That's one of the problems I've had with it, if I can't race it. Um, uh, you really don't have a way to get rid of populate, or what does no. do? No, it doesn't. Oh, no, it creates a token that can be populated. That's what it means. Yeah. Um, yeah, Falconrath Aristocrat could be a problem. I mean, if you get two Faith Menders down, you can race it easily. But, I mean, this should crush aggro, but it, it may have a problem with control. Because they'll force you to overextend the Supreme Verdict. Yeah, against your sideboard now needs to be slanted against control so that you can take out things like Faith Mender and Centaur Healer and go with, I don't know, like Loxodon Smiter and... I don't know, something big and nasty. Predator is. Uh, I don't think you can handle a triple green. Can I tell you what I don't want to be doing? What? End of the round, watching the mirror match. So, I don't know if you read my article this week, but I was playing Junk Tokens against a guy playing Esper Spirits. He had Sphinx's Revelation, only one in his deck. I had Thrag, Tusk, and Resto. But we drew in zero. We didn't complete a single game. I got over 100 life. He was up around 70-something. I ultimated Sorin and Vraska. Never got him below three blockers. He played Dungeon Geist to tap down my assassins. I had two Gavany Townships and a Vault of the Archangel. He had two Vaults of the Archangel, so any attack I made, I was losing all my attackers, even though they were much bigger than his. The game was just insane. Are there any Planeswalkers you would consider for this deck? Um, Maybe Garut Primal Hunter? Why that over Relentless? 3-3 three, three tokens, and it's a way to draw cards. Sure, but Relentless lets you tutor when you flip him. If you get to flip him. Well, you'll always be able to flip him. Fight Rock's Faith Mender. But then what are you going to sacrifice? 
a token or whatever. It's, like you make a wolf and then you sacrifice it the next turn. Go find Tristani and go to go to town, right? Like in a deck like this with that doesn't run a lot of tokens, I think that's awesome. And again, triple green on Relentless on uh, Primal Hunter. I mean. But yeah, I, to think I of think other Planeswalkers. Sorin doesn't have black. No, he doesn't have black. Yeah. Sorin's life gain gets stupid. Especially once you put one intangible virtue down. I don't think you want intangible virtue in this, by the way. I would agree. What about, what about a single collective blessing for the lulls? Maybe in the sideboard. As yeah, a way to finish off control decks. Yeah. Just collective blessing is just such a beating. Just ridiculous. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not something I would have a problem with. What about something like Acidic Slime? Again, I think that's a board. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Acidic Slime, I think, uh, I think I'm going to have to bring back the Dead Eye Navigator deck soon. I've been jonesing to blink stuff. I've got it built online <laughs> so I can play it when, I want to, when I'm jonesing. It is such a fun deck, isn't it? Yeah. Right now, my, uh, my standard decks online, I have a uh, Closet deck, the Dead Eye Navigator deck, a Faith Mender deck, a uh, Flyers deck, and the uh, Favorable Winds deck, but pretty much. Mm-hmm. A Grizzly Salvage deck, a Grixis deck, and Turbo Fog. <laughs> you have so many cards. I have like seven decks that I'm cycling through. In paper, all I'm building right now, I have Junk Walkers built, but I'm probably taking that apart. And in modern, I've been to- toying with several things. I'm trying to make Lotleth Troll and Dryad Arbor a thing, because I think that's a really powerful interaction. But we'll see if I can get that to work a bit. Life from the Loam? That's a possibility. All right, let's move on to a random moment of geekery. Adina, go! But I've mentioned this before, but this game, my brothers, but on the Android, I have been playing a lot, and by a lot, I mean pretty much constantly when I'm not working or doing other things. So that's really my moment of geekery, and I'm sorry that it's one that I said before, but yeah, a huge geek, and that's what I've been playing. Blood Brothers, you say? Yes. And you can find it in the Android store. I'm it's at an it RPG, yeah, it's an RPG game, and I actually, I didn't got, it was on Twitter, somebody, you know, tweeted back day that it was so cool, and he played Blood Brothers, and he got all his friends into it, and, oh, and actually, let me give you a code if you're going to do that, because uh, when you used to play it, I can give you a code, and you get a bonus, and I get a bonus, because I recommended you. <laughs> we shall see. So that's, yeah. that's it, you've just been immersed in Blood Brothers, have you? Yes, in Blood Brothers. Barter and blood. Wait, what's the... (laughs) Trying to make a card reference here and just totally missing it, but yeah. Barter and blood's a card. Yes, it is. And that's what I was was thinking of. Brothers Yamazaki. We can go on. Travis, random moment of geekery, sir. My random moment of geekery is all about my Christmas presents. Uh Uh-oh. My loving wife decided... That this was going to be the Christmas in which most of the things I've got were either handmade or made by someone else and ordered. So I got a brand new dice bag, which I'll send pictures so we can post in the show notes. Um, she made me a green velour dice bag that says "My Nutsack." <laughs> Has acorns on it. <laughs> awesome. And she also 
um, ordered me a shirt with Squirrel Master on the back that has acorns on the sleeves. Because you love nuts? I guess. I'm a squirrel lover. (laughs) So at the next GP that I attend, I'll be easy to find. Just look for the guy with the Squirrel Master t-shirt. Yeah. And don't forget to ask him if you can play with his nutsack. Or see his nutsack. Yes, I I will be showing my nutsack to everyone. Will you be taking it out and putting it on the table? I have to. I mean, how is, some, is everyone going to get to see my uh, dice? Wow. I'm going to shake it for rattle. Yeah, I think we flogged this dead horse quite enough. <laughs> All right, and there are the links I've uh, posted for you guys to see if you haven't seen them yet. Oh, I've seen them, and I was very jealous. That's right. You've seen my nutsack. Yeah, I've seen your nutsack. You kept sending me pictures of it even after I asked you to stop. So, actually, I do have a, a real moment of geekery other than in one that I already used last time, um, which is uh, Morgan Rice actually has a new book out. And the oh, it gives me one too when you're done. New, okay, cool. Yeah, and it's a new trilogy um, called A Quest of Heroes, and I read it, and just like everything else that I've read by Morgan Rice, really, really loved it. Um, and I can't wait for the next book. Of course, this is book one, and we still got the arena, arena one, the flavor on the trilogy that I finished and got to finish this one too. So, yeah, <laughs> but actually, I, I like this one even better. It's great. It's, it's different. It's not vampires, and it's not uh, uh, this to be infected. This is a magical world, a realm where you know magic exists, and it's following. It's, it's half Harry Potter, half. Um, I don't know, it reminds me of the, the Brandon Sanderson book a little bit, uh, although this is more YA than, you know, adult, but definitely still a good read. It's called Quest Heroes, book number one in the Sorcerer's Ring by Morgan Rice. Okay, then. They gave me a second one. Okay. Brandon Sanderson's final book in the Wheel of Time series comes out in just over 24 hours. Does it really? Yep, comes out Tuesday. How have I missed that? A Memory of Light. And I will be go- venturing to Lexington, Kentucky this Friday for a book signing so I can get this one autographed. Dude, you know you have to ask him to come on our podcast, yep. right? plan on it. If I can find a Horde of Notions card in my s- stuff, I'm going to give it to him as a bribe. Man, that would be so awesome. Just tell him that we've had, uh, we haven't had BDM on. We've had Mike Flores on. He knows Mike Flores. We've had Finkel on. He knows Finkel. Just tell him, like, we've had a whole bunch of pros on. He has a great deal of respect for him, and tell him we'd love to have him on, even just for an Why hour. Why don't we tell him we're constantly talking about his books? Yes, we are constantly. That, too. It doesn't hurt that he is a fantastic author, right? And a <laughs> fantastic awesome. podcaster. His podcasts are awesome. Oh, man, that would just be the absolute greatest. That would put us, like, at the top of the heap. Not only that, but I'm, if worst case scenario, I'm going to take my iPad and see if I can get him to give us a shout-out. To... That would also be awesome. Yeah. But yes, any reader who gave up on The Will of Time, uh, I could understand that. Sanderson took over the last three books, and he has done a fantastic job at wrapping up the series. Uh, the Perfect. final book, uh, memory serves, Jordan himself wrote the last chapter. Mm. So Sanderson will just lead us up to it. Sounds good. All right, my moment of geekery. I has new phone, and it's so sexy. I got myself the Samsung Galaxy S3, and uh, yeah... I'm kind of in love with this thing. It's pretty cool. I know anybody I mean, else who has those. <laughs> Do you have one as well? Oh, yeah, that's totally what I have. 
That's what I bought oh, okay. at the store. The whole phone thing. Yeah, when I destroyed my Galaxy S2, I was like, oh, darn, I had to go get an S3. Hmm. So, yeah, that's what I have. You fancy schmancy people with your smartphones. My phone is one of those ones that if, if I drop it, I don't have to worry about breaking the phone. I have to worry about breaking the floor. Oh, it's a Nokia. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my moment of geekery. And uh, on that note, let's go to shout-outs. Adina, shout-outs. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was typing show notes in there while you were, you know, uh, doing that. So I was distracted. Where, what am I doing? Shout-outs? Shout-outs! Okay, shout-outs. So shout-out to Mark for hosting our website, and shout-out to for the image that is on our website, and shout-out to all of our listeners for sending us mail so that we have something that we can talk about on this podcast, because... We really like listener mail, and we do actually read it, and we do like to talk about it on the show. And to all of our followers, all of our, oh, my gosh, I can't talk right All of our Twitter followers who have been tweeting at us and saying all kinds of cool things. And, uh, yeah, you guys are awesome, and we're happy to have you. And uh, that's it. Okay, then. Travis, shout out. Shout out to Kirk Dubay, Billy, and... Uh, all of my friends here at the local store. Shout out to my wonderful wife for a fantastic Christmas. All kinds of good magic-related stuff. A shout out to uh, the A team for the hangout they did the night. Sands J. Bush. It was a lot of fun. You were there, Chris. Uh, I was there because there was no J. Bush. Um, shout out to all the fans on Twitter. They're a lot of fun. They've been keeping me entertained throughout the holidays when I was on heavy narcotics because of uh, a jaw infection. Um, that's about it. That's that, that's that darn chewing tobacco. I don't know. It was a bad root canal from a few years ago that finally caught up with me. I'm going to go find my doctor in Alabama and beat him. <laughs> Isn't that legal in an Alabama? I'm sure it is. It's so anyway. long as you beat him with the right instrument, like a, a shotgun. <laughs> Cool. All right, my shout-outs. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to KYT and Medina, who are going to lose to me in the BioVisionary Challenge. We have to see who can win the most games at FNM with BioVisionary. And it will be me. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Andrea. She knows why. And uh, let's see. Who else do I need to give a shout-out to? All the guys coming to GP Quebec City with me next month. We're going to have uh, quite the army coming from Newfoundland. Hopefully, we'll have some success there. We did pretty well at GP Toronto for a bunch of guys who'd never played in premier events before. So, hopefully, we're going to keep up the uh, the streak. And that's about it. I would Travis, also like to one? give one last shout-out to Will, okay. who could not be with us tonight. He's probably still mourning the fact that his uh, LSU Tigers got crushed by Clemson. And he's probably really mourning the fact that the Alabama Crimson Tide are going to win a national championship tomorrow. Yeah, um, more sports ball talk. Don't make me veto you again. But yes, but he's not here to debate it. It's so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, that's uh, on that note. Let's wrap this baby up. So, from Travis, from Adina, and from the absent well, this is Chris saying join us again next time for another exciting episode of Art of Notions. Oh, right, huh?